Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. For more information, you can visit the Cinema Catch-Up Club's official Facebook page. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club. Or you can visit our website, thoughtjarproductions.com. This podcast is available on iTunes and SoundCloud, and we would really appreciate your subscriptions there, so pick your service of choice. For more information about this and other podcasts we produce, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com. And now, for this week's episode. Hello everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. This week we are reviewing an American comedy classic as it turns 25 years old. Again and again and again, because we are reviewing Groundhog Day. Joining me to review Groundhog Day, we have, as always, someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film and returning for her second appearance? Second, yep. yes. Okay, I remembered. It's uh, <laughs> it's Dr. Carmen Dolly. How are you, Doctor? I am good, thanks. How are you, Stephen? Pretty good. And just a reminder for the folks at home, uh, who are you and what do you do? Uh, well, I am a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I work at a hospital like a, like a real doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also a cosplayer and enjoy doing that in my spare time for charity events, promotional events. I like to dress up as princesses, basically. Now, <laughs> uh, a quick question. Do you have any doctors that you like to cosplay as? That's a good question. Not at this point in time, no. no. I'm I'm trying to think if there might be any fictional doctors. The only one that's coming to mind is Patch Adams, and I hmm. might be okay without cosplaying that. I think so. Fair enough. I mean, yeah. well, I mean, obviously there is the Doctor with many yes. different outfit choices. Yes, um, and and soon to be female as well, which indeed. is very exciting. Yes, yes, coming yeah. out in April. Uh, <laughs> not that I'm counting. About eighty days. Uh, <laughs> okay, and joining us. Oh, sorry, sorry. Before I introduce our other guest um you have not seen groundhog day i have not no the only uh exposure i have to this film is uh my dad was watching it when i was about six and uh me obviously being interested in disney princesses and barbies was not really into groundhog day that was not really my thing so i did not watch it and the only other reference to it that i know is in nick hearn's book about a boy where they talk about it briefly that's all i know Okay. Well, joining us as our guest who has seen the film and knows a a little bit about Groundhog Day, it's Michael DeGrasser, everyone. Hello again. And uh, who are you, Michael, and what do you do? (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm Michael. I own a music school. And do you (laughs) cosplay as any doctors in particular? Um, how How does it go from just dressing up to become cosplay? I guess cosplay is, um, it's not just about wearing the costume. We've also got to take on the character and okay. I guess your voice and you, you, your movements and, and that kind of stuff. And as it's well, generally in public? Generally in public, but yeah, no, you I can do cosplay. it in front of a bathroom <laughs> mirror if you want. <laughs> uh, no, I, no, I don't cosplay. Um, no, I, I, I do like uh, doctors, all of them. Uh, all of them? All, every doctor. Doctor Even Doom. me? Doctor Doom? Yeah. yeah, even you. Oh, that's even nice you. of you, Michael. Yeah, Thank that, you. that's fine. That's fine. This is your second show. 
Yes. And they've both been with me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I, look, there's a buddy system in the <laughs> in how this works, and I've just started <laughs> rostering people on like that. Uh, Michael, yes. you have seen Groundhog Day. Yes. In a vague, non-spoilery kind of way. Yes. Um, what is it that you like about Groundhog Day? Oh, I, I, you know, I really don't know why I like it. I think it's because Groundhog Day is a real day. Mm. And I just like i mean it's coming up you know mm. i watch mm. groundhog day every groundhog day mm. and probably 10 times in between that i just love it i like bill murray not in like oh bill murray's cool because everybody thinks bill murray's cool kind of way mm. i just really like that movie andy mcdowell is great mm-hmm. chris elliott's great mm-hmm. you know chris elliott yeah he's in groundhog day, <laughs> he's in groundhog day. <laughs> he plays yeah. larry he does yeah <laughs> i just yeah i just liked it i mean i spent a lot of time in pennsylvania as well mm-hmm. i liked obviously i liked groundhog day before then mm. but it's just one of those places and you're the movies that you see and you think one day i'm actually going to go there and i'm going to mm. see that which i did many so times. you've you've been to puxatawney uh yeah many times <laughs> okay. like once for groundhog day mm-hmm. and then just other times just because it was down the road just because you were <laughs> passing through no, deliberately oh. drove from Toronto to Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, just okay. to be to, in Punxsutawney. People there were so confused. Mm-hmm. I mean, why? Why are you here? Why is an Australian doing in Punxsutawney? It's like because it's Punxsutawney. Um, why do you keep turning up again and again and yeah, again? Yeah, every day. Is it, does it feel the same when you're in Punxsutawney each time, or, or does it actually change? No, actually, the last time I went there, I was like, oh, this is. Yeah, I think I'm done. You're done? <laughs> yeah, yeah. For now. Okay. Like, I'll go back again if I'm ever near there. But I went there a lot and it just kind of... I think it was the time of the year that I used to go was very Groundhog Day. It mm-hmm. was around February. It was in snowing. It was cold. And then I think I went there once in summer. And nobody goes to Punxsutawney any other see. day of the year. Like, Groundhog Day, that place is packed. You cannot mm. get a hotel. You, you know... There's like 50,000 people in this town that's made for 100 or whatever it yep, is. You yep. know? <laughs> so when you go there every other time, there is nobody. Oh. And it's sad. Like, there's <laughs> statues of groundhogs everywhere. Actually, Punxsutawney Phil, the groundhog, lives in the library with his wife, Phyllis. Mm-hmm. And he's oh, yeah. there all year round in a glass display. You can just go to the library and outside at night, even when the library's closed. He's there just sitting in his cage. That's a little sad. Yeah. And then that one time of the year, they wake him up and stick him in a log and pull him out of the log. Hmm. And people salute him. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, celebrity is, a, like, is a fickle thing. Yeah. <laughs> Just like Santa Claus, basically. Yeah. And it's weird. Like, it's a very different town when it's actually Groundhog Day. You go there mm. and there's people everywhere selling you groundhog food, which is... Um, I mean, I don't know if you've fed wild animals before, but I feel like Fruit Loops dipped in white chocolate is probably a good thing for them because that's what they sell you and that's what they tell you is groundhog food. Well, you know, I'd eat it. <laughs> yeah, I would. Yeah. Yes, so and I did. It's good enough for me. It's good it's enough good. for the groundhog. <laughs> yeah. Well, with all this uh, Puxatawney knowledge in our heads, um, should we watch the film? Absolutely. Let's do it. Okay, everybody. Uh, grab your DVDs and also grab your... Radio alarm clocks which go off at 6am as we prepare to watch Groundhog Day. Rise and shine, campers, and don't forget your booties because it's cold out there today. (laughs) What is this, Miami Beach? (laughs) 
<laughs> Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching Groundhog Day. And by we, I of course mean Dr. Carmen Doley. Hello. And not a doctor, but a uh, mus- musical maestro. Can we go with maestro? No, I'm, no. I'm a musician. <laughs> okay. I don't do classical. So I can never be a maestro, I don't think. The uh, just plain musician, <laughs> Michael DeGrasse. Welcome back, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, we've just finished watching Groundhog Day. Carmen, that was your first time watching it. It was. What did you think? Um, I really enjoyed it. I actually enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. I thought it held up very nicely. A mm-hmm. um, lot more physical humour than I thought there was going to be. Okay. Um, and yeah, it was just a really enjoyable movie. And I realised my mother has been quoting this movie my entire life without me realising. Right. Okay. Any <laughs> specific bits? Oh, the don't forget your booties because it's cold out there. Mm-hmm. And, am I right um, or am I right? Or yeah, am I right? Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> and and watch, watch, it, watch her first step. It's yep. a doozy. Yep. <laughs> okay. She, she's been saying that quite a lot and I never realised it was from Groundhog Day. There you so go. So there you go. And uh, Michael, was your, where, when did you last watch this film? Oh, less than three months ago. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How, how has it changed for you since? Oh, it's still since... great. Mm. It's still great. I think the good thing is watching it with people that you don't, you know, I, ne- I normally just watch it on my own, mm. you know. <laughs> but if you watch it with people that haven't seen it or people that, you know, have seen it but you haven't watched it with them, you kind of notice different things and yeah. you see things that, like, you forget that they're funny because you see it all the time. And you're like, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I feel <laughs> like it's it's a, the kind of comedy that would hold up whether you're watching it alone or whether you're watching it with people, which is yeah. something that's really good about it. Um, whereas something like... Uh, you know, Jason and I love mystery science theater, but you can never watch that on your own. It just doesn't work without yeah, right. the, the feedback from everyone around you. So, yeah. I think Groundhog Day is good in that it, it is it does stand up to a solo viewing, yes, as well absolutely. as a group viewing. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I've watched it probably two hundred times. Easy, yeah, easy. Do you not get get sick of the like? Because if I were to go back and watch it again now, it'd be like, oh my god, it's so repetitive. As in, like, you know, just uh, all the the similar scenes and stuff. Does it ever feel that way to you? It hasn't, but I don't. I mean. I don't watch it every day. True, I think if I was, true. I wouldn't want to watch it again right now. Like no. I almost watched it last week, mm-hmm. knowing this was coming up. And I thought, yeah. nah, oh, you know, you'll hold off. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've seen it. Yeah, <laughs> I do know it really, really well. Um, it was really difficult to not uh, quote it while it's mm. yes. while I'm watching it. I did, I did find that it is quite a quotable film. Yeah, um, mm. which surprised me because it's been quite a few years since I last saw it. Uh, but I, I really. Found, I found myself going along with, the, with some of the different lines, like particularly at the end, uh, skipping straight to the end here, uh, when he says, um, it's been a very long day. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. it's, it's, it is a very well-written, uh, put-together film. Yeah. L- yeah. Lots of great dialogue. It, it's so good, yeah. Mm. Starting uh, at the start, we meet uh, the character of Phil, Phil Carners, the uh, weatherman, <laughs> who is played by M- uh, Bill Murray, not Mill Burry, as I almost <laughs> spoonerized. Um, this, this was pretty much like the, the, a case of the right actor in the right role mm. i think absolutely like, he was wonderful it's yeah. really hard to try and imagine another actor particularly another actor working in the early 90s that could have played mm. this character the way that I, I i think it needed to be played yeah it's mm. a superb performance from bill murray it's so good and aren't they doing a musical of it? They did. It was a oh, Tim Minchin wrote it, and it's already finished. Oh, thank uh, it, God for that. It, <laughs> yeah, um, unfortunately, it ran for about I think five months on Broadway, and it okay. just didn't quite work. And, well, no, mm. it wouldn't. And I'm not. That's nothing against Tim Minchin. Mm. I'm just glad it failed. You're glad it failed. Oh, why? Yeah. Why are you glad it failed? Uh, it's just like things should not be musicals. If it's they're not anything? a musical, <laughs> no. Like if it's a musical. Like ABBA, they made the musical about ABBA because it's music. Makes sense. Okay. But some things like a comedy Mm -hmm. 
Groundhog Day doesn't need to be a musical. But a movie like Evil Dead, mm-hmm. sure, make that into a musical. That'd be funny. Okay, but not But a yeah, comedy just... that's already funny for what it's worth, and it's a great movie. <sighs> Don't... You no, know, I... Kindergarten Cop. Yeah, do that into a musical. That'd be funny. Because <laughs> but... it's not I a mean... good film? Cause, yeah, because it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I see what you mean. Like, yeah. I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but I'm not a massive fan of things like Spamalot. Um, yeah, yeah it was already I, I, its own thing. It doesn't really yeah. add anything, yeah, yeah. to this story. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like the only way Groundhog Day would work as a musical is if you just had the same two songs over and over again, <laughs> and pa- no one's going to pay seventy dollars to see that, you know. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. no. yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, no, fair enough. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think Bill Murray was in the musical adaption, wasn't so, he? No, oh. Although, well, that's probably why. I, I believe yeah. he, he did go to see it and then went to see it the following night. Um, he <laughs> bought two tickets for he, another friend. Uh, no, he, he just deliberately turned up the following night oh. thinking it would be funny. Oh, well, that is actually pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Can um, he sing? Could he be in it? Can he sing? He, he can, can play the piano. We know that. Yeah, well, it took oh, yes, him a while. Yeah. But no, you know the old Saturday Night Live sketches, there's a Star Wars, and he always does that Star Wars song. Oh, yeah. I reckon yeah. he can okay. sing. Yeah, I reckon he'd be yeah. able to sing. To a Broadway standard? I no, mean, you, well, nah, people yeah. would be forgiving. Yeah, yeah, true. They'd be going, it's Bill Murray. Yeah, yeah it's Bill it's Murray. Yeah. We He's, all love Bill Murray. Yeah. Who's Bill Murray? Yeah, we love him. Yeah. Yeah, he was in that movie about Japan. Mm. He's great. <laughs> Indeed. I do like Bill Murray, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, lots of lots of people do. He's a, he's a funny guy. And... I, I like his hat in Space Jam. Do you remember that hat? Yes. The, the umbrella hat? Yes. Do you not remember um, I, Yeah. Google Bill Murray hat. Okay. You will not be disappointed. <laughs> mm. Um. So Bill Murray is playing Phil the Weatherman and yes. he's been sent to uh, cover the Groundhog Day Festival on February the 2nd yeah. in the little uh, country town in the middle of America known as Punxsutawney. Now, you've been to Punxsutawney as we already covered, Michael. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. And the Punxsutawney of the silver screen is yes. not the Punxsutawney that actually exists. It is not indeed. Um, the Punxsutawney that... that it, the, the actual Groundhog Day with... Punxsutawney Phil is obviously in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And you go there and it's very similar. So they've... Okay, so I went to Punxsutawney and then I, you know, went, you know that it's not filmed there when you're looking at going to Punxsutawney. You go, oh, where's this cinema? Where's the tower that he jumps off? Let's go and find it all. Wait, it's in Woodstock, Illinois. Which, which is I, about n- 12 hours away. Drive. 12 hours. Something like that. Okay. Maybe so- longer. So Punxsutawney's in Pennsylvania. You've got to go past Chicago to get to Woodstock. In Illinois, so it's pretty far. Right, it's like driving to. Uh, there's nowhere from Perth you could drive. Like, like Alice you know? Springs or something. Probably not even that. Not that oh, far. Okay. Yeah, it's it's. I did it in a day. You, so you've actually done the I drive. Did. I did the drive from Punxsutawney to Woodstock, Illinois. Oh, wow. okay. So I did both Groundhog Days within the one day. So you I did thought, it on Groundhog Day. This was not Groundhog okay. Day. No, this was just some other time. Yeah. <laughs> just went. Eh, I'm done with Punxsutawney. Yeah. Let's go to Woodstock. Drove to Woodstock, mm-hmm. and then that's where you see everything. So the whole the Gobbler's Knob. The little where they had the festival you know, in the middle of town. Uh-huh. It's not in the middle of town in Punxsutawney. Ah. But it looks the same. Mm. They've just put it in the middle of town. Mm. It's actually out. It's like a five, ten minute drive out of Punxsutawney to get to Gobbler's Knob. Okay. Right. Yeah. But the logs there, you know, all the people wear those those suits. You know those suits were pretty amazing. Yeah, they mm. they do that. It's yeah. all very it's all very serious. Phil is sent to uh, Punxsutawney along with uh, his producer, Rita, and the cameraman, Larry. Yeah. And so we see day one, or just the Groundhog Day. At this point, yeah. it's not going to be another day. It's just a normal, boring day. Well, actually, the first day. day is not actually Groundhog Day. 
Oh, of course, sorry. Before, yeah, sorry. 1st. The first day yeah. in Punxsutawney yes. properly when he wakes up and we hear the Sonny and Cher song. Oh, yeah, okay. Yes. Um, it's day one. He gets up. He sees the guy in the corridor. He goes down and has the chat at breakfast. Yeah. Uh, walks outside. Sees uh, Ned. Uh, Ned Ryerson. Yeah. Um, the homeless guy. The homeless there. guy. Steps in the puddle. Yeah. Uh, goes to the park. Does the news report. Just just has what would be a normal day. He, yeah. A yeah. blizzard hits a bit earlier than expected. And they get snowed in he's like oh i'm gonna stay in this stupid place another day yeah wakes up day two everything is the same yeah thinks that the radio guys have played the wrong mm. tape yeah. playing yesterday's tape they weren't mm. yeah now carmen mm-hmm. as the first time viewer of this yes how would how, how was that um i suppose that first three day period where he's essentially just slowly realizing that he's trapped in the same day how, how was that for you as a first time viewer I thought it was really entertaining and and really believable. Mm. I thought, you know, that would be a very normal reaction to have to a situation like that, where in the second day, you're just totally incredulous. Like, didn't didn't we do this yesterday? Guys, is this all a massive prank? And then the day after being like, oh, oh, is there something wrong with me? Mm. You know, we've done this twice already. What's what what the heck's going on? Mm. And then that, that fourth day being like, oh oh, maybe I can muck around with this and, and play with it and what's going to happen if there's no consequences kind of thing. Mm. Um, and just sort of coming to sort of not not quite accepting what's happening at first and then sort of, you know, becoming more accepting of that and, and more kind of interested in experimenting and playing, what's, playing with it, mm. you know. And yeah. I do think it's interesting that he has the freak out for days two and three, but then as he gets to the end of day three and he's been drinking and playing uh, bowling with, with mm. the barflies, uh, the diner guys, um, and then just starts having a, a car chase with the police because he's started to piece together that there's no consequences. Yeah. Um, does the wakes up, he's, he's not in jail, he's fine, and then realizes, okay, this is actually potentially something I can take advantage of. Yeah. And I, I, I think it's really fun um, as a viewer watching somebody do this now at yeah. the same time it's it's behavior which you kind of go if, if it wasn't for the context of having this weird looping time day you'd be going what an absolute piece of shit yeah <laughs> for sure yeah it's, it's wonderful writing yeah. in that you can get away with something like that mm. you can get away with ca- this character just being a total ass and mm. and it's all okay yeah um and it's yeah. it i mean obviously you, you know he, he has the um he discovers obviously through the snapping of the pencil, leaving it by the bed, waking up, and mm. the pencil's still fixed. It's it, it's not broken at all. Realizing that he has the capacity to have no consequences to his actions, and it means that you know he just shoves Ned one day several times because he just doesn't want to talk to him. Mm. Uh, he's obviously very rude to people. Um, um, although remembers to avoid the puddle, um, you know, he just has all the desserts and everyone who is around him and interacting with him obviously freaks out a bit because they're going, Phil, are you okay? Do you care about cholesterol? You know, all this kind of stuff. Um, and then we see him starting to realise that he can essentially game the system when he starts speaking to Nancy Taylor mm. and he just gets those little bits of information. So first and last name, high school, year 12 teacher. Yeah. And then the next day he bumps into her and convinces her that he's someone he knows from a past in the same way that Ned uh, is literally someone from his past um, and ends up um, hooking up with her yeah. because he knows that there's no consequences and that it essentially never happened. And on the one hand, 
it makes perfect sense that someone would do that when they are basically when they are Phil mm, <laughs> and when they mm. are very self-centered like that. But at the same time you're watching it, you're kind of going, uh, this is this isn't gr- this isn't great yeah. behavior. Yeah, I don't I, know if, if either of you felt like that. I, I found it quite problematic. I will mm. say that, and um, just later on when he's talking to Rita, mm. and just you know trying to set up this perfect day for her without yeah. her being aware of it, and just oh you know do you like this ice cream rug kind of thing. Um, yeah, I found all that a bit manipulative and gross. Mm. And had the movie kind of ended with that being his winning strategy and being mm. you know how he got the girl and. And how he finished, you know, this cycle of Groundhog Days. That would have been really problematic for me. Um, I think the fact that the movie sort of moved on from that behaviour and sort of had him going beyond that and becoming a better person mm. through through this day, I, I felt that that was a, a really good way to get out of it because mm. otherwise it would not have worked. That was the yeah. entire purpose of that movie yeah. was that he, he wasn't a good person. Everything that he did that was selfish mm. didn't. That's why he got got stuck there. You know, at yeah. the end, you know, um, well, we shouldn't jump to the end, but basically, you know, she says to him, you know, why weren't you like this last night? You just went yeah. straight to sleep because he wasn't in in for himself. That's why the day kept. Mm. That's yeah. why it moved I, on. I think that's what is partly what makes this film really great and really mm. fantastic. Is you know, we get to see someone doing essentially, you know, being a, a manipulative dickhead essentially yes. um but i also think that that is a i actually think that's a reasonably natural reaction for a lot of people if they were in this fantastical situation yeah, sure. of realizing no consequence whatsoever mm. like and i think it, it was a choice that the filmmakers um made themselves was that they didn't have they didn't have him committing murder or torture or doing anything truly heinous well not that mm. we saw well, not that we saw. So, well, here's the thing. Like, I, I actually told someone I was coming to do this podcast and he was saying that there's like stuff about this movie mm. that people, you know, online stuff about what, you know, the things that he did. I mean, he killed himself. Yeah. So he's in a real dark place. Yeah. You can imagine. He could have done some other dark oh, things. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. super dark, no consequences. Mm. I mean, he's, if he's capable of killing himself 50 odd times, you know, don't think about the other things he could have done. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. pretty messed up. Yeah, um, <laughs> and, but I think I think it's interesting that as the the, fil- the 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 filmmakers made that decision to not show that side of what could potentially yeah. have happened. It could yeah. be that he murdered everyone in the town for yeah. six months on end. But I think it's actually, a, 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 I would say, a, a good choice from the filmmakers to focus on on essentially having him not deliberately causing harm i guess yeah. i but I, my thing with it and i you know you always think what what are you going to do if you have every single day hmm. over and over yeah. and over again i'd be worried that it was always going to be the last okay. you're like well how yeah you know like the very first extreme that he goes to is getting arrested yeah maybe you do something else like maybe smash all the windows on an abandoned building and then go and check that the next day. Oh, that's all good again. Mm. That's a safe mm. thing. <laughs> so you'd be worried if you escalated it to a certain point. Yeah. Like it was like, okay, I've been living this for 10,000 days, but today's the day I steal a plane. Yeah. yeah. And then you're in jail you're for in the rest jail. of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it all seems like the movie ends well, but did you know how much life insurance he bought that day? Yeah, I did know. Oh, he yeah. bought a lot of yeah. life insurance. He bought those WrestleMania tickets. Yeah, everything. Yep. He spent, but he, I mean, would he, he wouldn't have obviously have stolen that money that oh, day. I don't know. I reckon he might. Maybe well, no. Well, I suppose with the reformed character, maybe not. But yeah, because um, he wouldn't have. It wouldn't have been February third if he did steal money. 
So yeah. that's all his money. That's true. Yeah. But and also he... Rita spent all her money yeah. at the auction at for the him auction as well. Him, yeah. You know, that was not a small amount either. Yeah. Well, so. they're, they're just going to have to stay with Channel 9 for the next few years yeah. to earn that money back. <laughs> what a shame. You know, yeah. they're, gonna have to, they're just going to have to keep going back. <laughs> and yeah, he wants to move there. Buying yeah. a house is expensive. I mean, I've been there. I don't think there's that much work in Punxsutawney. Not in, you know, film and television. Mm. Do, they, do they have film and television? I, I, I mean, there's a, I saw a TV. There is a TV? Yeah, there was yeah. a TV in mm. the hotel. Well, okay, if he's there today, maybe he's just Facebook living the weather or something. You know, he's figured out, yeah. you know, today on Periscope. Yeah. <laughs> I just remembered something really random about Punxsutawney. Please tell. The motel that mm. I stayed in. Yep. You go into the reception mm-hmm. and you can't really open the door. It was a really weird, like, mm-hmm. I don't, why is this... Okay, and you walk into the reception and there's a guy there going, hey, how are you? You know, real like, you know, and there's a giant, like, I don't know if you've ever seen a moose before. Mm-hmm. This was probably, I mean, I don't think I've ever really seen a, a moose in real life. Right. Mm. This head of a moose was like hanging, like, you, obviously, you know, in the taxidermy heads of animals and mm. frame them and hang them on the wall or whatever. It was massive. Was like, it bigger than the one in Faulty Towers that falls on um, Yeah, John it was. Like, head? it was, okay. it was huge and you couldn't open the door and i was and i said to the guys like wow that's you know that's kind of in the way because yeah well you know you shoot it yourself you gotta gotta hang it on the wall so this guy had killed this massive moose and it inconveniently placed it in the way of the door of his own business and that was right next to a walmart there was a walmart oh, well, oh yes. that's something yeah, yeah 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 i bought a hoagie at four o'clock in the morning i think it's just what we call a a sandwich roll, a yeah. roll. I don't know. Anyway, we we see him sort of go through uh, Phil go through his sort of phase of, okay, I've had my fun. I've dressed up as Clint Eastwood and gone to the movies with a French maid. Um, call me Bronco. Yeah, call me Bronco. And uh, <laughs> yeah, he's lived out essentially all these. I, I suppose just those fantasies of like someone who lives a constrained life. And you know, when he has that initial first. Uh, chase with the cops you know he's talking about the fact that people need to stand up straight and obey all the rules and all this kind of mm. thing so he he has his period of doing that and then he tries to make a connection with Rita because I think he realizes okay I've had all the essentially all the selfish fun that I can have now I need to figure out what's going on in this place and he obviously latches on to Rita because it's a friendly face it's one of the few people in town who really knows him even though she's relatively new yeah, like the mm. day or two before yeah yeah but well it's that or larry and yeah. uh, <laughs> you're gonna pick rita because larry is a bit of a creep to be honest um yeah but you know he tries to make this connection with rita uh we see him learn her favorite drink is sweet vermouth and he essentially replays this same uh i guess uh, can i buy you a drink scenario over and over again until he gets it to a stage where he thinks it's perfect mm. because you know, they make the connection over the French poetry. He learns French poetry um, to impress her. They go and build a snowman. He has a snowball fight with the kids. They go back to his room, which seems to get magically bigger when uh, yeah. he has a yeah. date. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, you know, it sets everything up to be the perfect day for her, as you said before, Carmen. And she gets creeped out because it's kind of creepy. Yeah, as you would. Yeah. Because you've only known each other for a couple of days and mm. all of a sudden he's got Rocky Road, which, oh, my favourite, out on the windowsill. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he, he essentially tries to force this connection, I suppose. Mm. Uh, partly because he's in a desperate situation where he's been trapped for probably weeks on end at this point, uh, living the same day over and over again. But, understandably, she just gets out of there. Um, yeah. And 
I, I think it is good that in in terms of as a story that they set up okay he's been selfish and he's done these things and then when he tries to continue being manipulative and controlling and selfish it it doesn't work it blows up in his face and this sort of kickstarts his um his reform i guess well, his descent into madness, well, his I descent, suppose, and yeah. then and then eventually reform. Yeah, because yeah, we we, see, that, we yeah. see a very quick montage of like eight slaps in a row yeah, in yeah. different <laughs> locations where Rita's just slapped him on the cheek. Well, I think that's that's it. Like he's not trying to, you know, I don't think he's trying to connect with Rita. I think he's just trying to sleep with her. That, yeah, I think that's his sure. entire goal. Okay, I mean, I know that's sure. his entire goal. Okay, maybe I'm being slightly more positive about yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, okay, part of that connection is sexual congress. Yes, but and, and, yeah. admittedly. Like when they're on that perfect day, and she's going, "I don't want to," and he goes, "I don't want to either," but I kind of do, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, it is definitely about him. It's about him wanting to make that, not yeah. genuinely make that connection out of, I, I suppose, any sort of romantic sense. It's just that he, I, I'd almost say that he's really scared at that point that this might be it for the rest of his life. Yeah, mm. and he's just trying to make that connection in whatever way it is. Yeah. And I think he just projects all, all of that onto Rita. It's definitely still selfish behavior. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he is, he is just trying to sleep with her in a, in a lot of senses, but I, I didn't read it as being entirely a dick move, I guess. Like yeah. it, it's, it's pretty much all a dick move. Yeah. I think mm. it, it, the turning point for him is when she stays with him for the night. Yeah. And then he actually yeah. realizes more about her. Gets to actually yeah. know her properly. Yeah. And that's when he says to her while she's asleep, you know, I don't deserve someone like you. Yeah. But, you know, that's when he realizes and that's his turning point. Yeah. Like, actually, I'm just going to do good things for a while. Yeah. Just gets his focus off her. Mm. Yeah. Because that is a very selfless move on her part even, you know. So maybe that's, yeah, kind of his mm. his motivation is that he's seen this in her. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just sort of made him realize about himself that he probably wouldn't do that for someone else. Yeah. So, yeah, and then he does. He goes and helps everyone. He changes Indeed. the lady's diet. Yeah. That kid who falls out of the tree. Yeah, he never thank yeah. me. <laughs> I, I love that. Um, yeah, at the end, he, he fixed that guy's back. I'm like, I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it, I mean, you haven't been doing it for 450 odd. Yeah, true, years. true. How long? He probably, <laughs> well, we'll probably get... found some magical yeah. cure for chronic back pain. That would be wonderful. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to the, uh, the the how long debate when we get to the trivia section because <laughs> yeah, yeah. there is some conjecture. Um, so he, he has the multiple rejections. We see him play Jeopardy against the TV because he's just watched it so many times. <laughs> and then we see him kidnap the groundhog. He kidnaps uh, Punks at Tawny Phil. They have the car chase, drives it off the cliff that in the quarry, um, blows up. Oh, he might be okay. Maybe not. And obviously this is the first time that he's died in this situation. Mm. Yeah. And he wakes up in bed the next day. Yeah. And then we see a series of suicide attempts, which all fail. And then he's just sat in the diner saying, I think I'm immortal because yeah. I can't die to Rita. Um, and he, he essentially gets to the point where he, he even death doesn't offer him a release. And he goes to Rita for help. And like you say, that's, that's when... That's when she stays with him. She stays with him. And that's when things start to change. And obviously it's never explained why... Phil is living this day again and again and again um, within the film. It's, mm. And it does seem to be that he, he lives this day until he's, he becomes a reformed character. It, it's almost like yeah. a, um, it's almost like if they did a Christmas Carol and three ghosts just 
didn't tell Scrooge what was going on <laughs> it, a little bit. Um, it's, but it is interesting that you know he, he just gets so low that he eventually just gets to the point where he asks Rita for help, and she does. Essentially, she does that selfless thing, and it mm. sparks that 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 thing within Phil where he starts to behave more selflessly. And it, it just makes for a really enjoyable second half of the film. Mm. Because if he was just being terrible all the time to lots of people, it'd just be boring in the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when he starts to become a, a selfless man about punks at Tawny, um, <laughs> then, th- then it's great. You know, I, I, I love that one of the things they used to show the self-improvement was the piano lessons. Yeah. Which I thought was a really clever way of showing some level of self-improvement mm. over a period of time uh, to the point where he becomes, uh, a, a, in your musical opinion, mm, good. very yeah. proficient. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all the songs he played for were about a minute. Yeah. Uh, but that's, you know, that's short form jazz, isn't it? Isn't that what that's called? I don't know anything about jazz. I'm, I'm, not I'm sure that's it. Yeah. yeah. If you say it is. No, I don't. We'll I don't jazz. <laughs> I don't jazz. Yeah, I play real mm. music with, without mistakes. There we go. Burn. Ooh, controversial jazz. jazz burn. You jazz need opinions. to practice for 400 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we see him start to do things like chainsawing ice sculptures. Um, I think maybe the bit of the film I would like the most is the sequence where he's just with the old man, uh, yeah. the, the old homeless man. Yeah. And, you know, he we see him give him all his money previously in one of his uh, starting to be a better person scenes. Mm. And then he... Uh, takes the old man into a hospital um, one evening and the old man dies and the um, nurse on hand says to him, look, sometimes people just die. Mm. And instead of, you know, railing against it and trying to find a way to make that old man live beyond February the 2nd, he instead just is lovely to him. It's, it's just tries to help him have one last nice day. You know, he gets yeah. in two bowls of soup and two meals and then even and then even when the old man does eventually die again at the same time he still tries to save him but then we don't see him revisit that old no, man no no you don't later yeah. and the guys he's not alone when he dies yeah. yeah yeah um or at least one version of him isn't because obviously he wouldn't be with him on the final no, february the 2nd yeah. yeah yeah but i think it's but but also he got that one day i yeah. guess and it's also about Phil learning to know that he can't control everything. And it's very much... Mm. I, I've realised, and obviously this this film came out before, this other film I'm about to reference, but that, that concept of just living your life the best way that you possibly can without worrying about the looping of the days is like the... It was came out in the last five years or so, at About Time. It was a, um, a romantic comedy British rom-com starring Domhnall Gleeson and mm. Bill Nye. And um, to give you a very brief rundown, the men of this particular family can travel back in time okay. Oh, okay. Um, by basically just going into a cupboard, closing their eyes and thinking really hard. Um, <laughs> and like the movie doesn't care about the time travel mechanics. Like within the first two minutes, Bill Nye says, oh, yeah, we can travel in time when we turn 21. Like, don't worry <laughs> about it. This this film is just about having fun with the concept. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, but that film is all about because he's a young man and obviously he goes and he i wouldn't say he's quite as bad as as bill murray is in this film but you know he goes he makes mistakes he tries to fix them uh things like that Uh, but Mm. that film is all about learning to just live your life day to day uh the best possible version it can be and in a i I think they obviously borrowed heavy heavily from this particular film Mm. uh because by 
by the time we get to that final day, we don't know it's going to be the last day of February 2nd. Mm. Um, we see Phil go and give like the best ever news um, <laughs> cross to Punks Attorney. Oh, it was so touching. Yeah, where he's quoting <laughs> Chekhov and everyone applauds at the end. <laughs> um, and then he goes off and does his errands where he saves the kid falling out the tree. He changes mm. the uh, old lady's tires. He yeah. fixes that guy's back, presumably, somewhere yeah. in there. Saves someone from choking. Yeah, saves, yeah. His, uh, saves his half-brother from uh, choking to death. <laughs> is, he his, is he his half-brother? He just has a different last name. I, I don't know. Bill, was Bill Murray actually Bill Doyle Murray and went, I'm just going to get rid of the Doyle? I'm not entirely sure. Well, I'll have to yeah. look up the the, <laughs> the Murray genealogy. But uh, He's just Noah from Noah's Arcade is all I know. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, when we do Wayne's World, oh. I cannot wait. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing it next week now. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. And, we, you know, we, we see him at the party. He's playing the piano. It's great. It's jazz, but no one cares because it actually does rock and roll. Yeah. Um, there's that guy, the massive guy with a tiny looking guitar. Yeah. But it's a normal sized guitar. Yeah. He's just a real big guy. He is. Um, built as there's, well. There's the, uh, the young couple who um, he gets the WrestleMania tickets for. Oh, that was so cute. Yeah. Um, and fun fact, uh, the young man from that couple, this was the film debut of uh, Man of Steel's General Zod, Michael <laughs> so, Shannon. Yeah, so, I haven't yeah. seen Man of Steel. Well, uh, he he's looks a bit different yeah. <laughs> uh, almost, well, 20-odd years later. Uh, but yeah, this was his film debut, so nice to see him there. Um, and then we have the Bachelor audition, and he yes. gets thrown up on stage, and ev- all, everyone's bidding for him because he's become the, the man about town in 24 hours. And then we see um, Rita offer th- $339.88. Yeah, yeah. And just, yeah. yeah essentially. You know that? I didn't know that. I knew it was a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was everything she had in a It was definitely overkill. Yeah. Like, the previous one was like 70 bucks. Could have just gone a hundred. She could have, but yeah. I think she just wanted to make a point. Imagine yeah. if somebody just, just, up the edge, just went, actually. all right, well, 400. Yeah. Just outbid her. Uh-uh. Well. Then he'd still be trapped there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn it. And they do that whole scene again. Mm. And then he does the sculpture of her in the ice. Um, it, they, you know, he tells her that, you know, he, he tells her that he loves her, but he, he also, I think the more important thing in that section is that he says that he's happy. I mean, yeah. obviously this film is all about a person learning to become a better person and the end result of that is that he's become happy and as soon as he says that it starts to snow and I think that's interesting that you know that snow coming down maybe signifies it's like aha now finally we can move on um, and they go back to the hotel room and he wakes up the next day and the song's playing again but then this arm comes across and the radio DJs are saying something else and I was really amazed that he didn't just scream like someone who's come out of shell shock because <laughs> yeah. He has finally, finally gotten to February the 3rd. Yeah. And yep. I, even though I've seen this film several times, I just felt so happy for him that he was out of Groundhog Day. How, how did you feel, Carmen? Yeah, genuinely, genuinely happy. I did suspect it was um, going to play the same song again, even if he got out mm. of the, the Groundhog Day, because uh, in this wonderful movie I saw called Christmas Every Day, oh, yes. um, <laughs> which, which was pretty much the same thing, but uh, it, it was Christmas. Mm. Um, they did exactly the same thing. They had like the little kid yelling, oh, Santa's came, Santa came. And then, oh, they're playing the video downstairs of the day before. And mm. um, yeah, so it was kind of the same premise here. Different um, part of the track, though. Different part of, um, of Sunny and Sure. Oh, was it? Wasn't the exact same section oh, of song. I did See, not notice that. I, I, th- I thought it sounded slightly different, but I wasn't sure yeah. if it was just... I. I misheard the start or something yeah, but it no, was it was yeah. different different part of the song same song but just okay. different part yeah. okay yeah. but yeah it is it is really like you feel really good for him it's just it's it's very nice and cathartic i think the way they the way they do it where they sort of 
let you down a little bit and you're like, oh, he is repeating the day again. And, oh, no, he's not. It's wonderful. Um, you would also nice think, moment. yeah, I mean, not to ruin the moment, but... You please, would, please do. You would also, depending on, you know, you know when you go away or, or you go on holiday or something and you're doing the holiday for so long or somewhere else and then you go back to reality mm. and it's a real bummer. Yeah. He's now back in reality mm. after... Learn. He's, he can now play the piano. He can flick a, a playing card into a, a top hat. Be the hat. Mm. He can ice sculpt. Mm. I mean, I don't think I would ever be able to ice sculpt. Mm. Come on, that's going to take. That'll take. I reckon that'll be harder than learning the piano. Mm. Surely. Particularly with a chainsaw. Yeah. Especially with a chainsaw. Quick but messy. <laughs> but I know that he's going to go live the rest of his life. But he's now set up with the tools to live that life in the yeah. best way that he can. The point of Scrooge wasn't that Scrooge was like somebody in his twenties. He was an old man when he learned that. But it was about using the time that you had left yeah. to live the best possible life. And look, yeah. and he's only known reader technically, a couple of three days. days, yeah, three or four days. So that sec- that Groundhog Day, even though it may have happened thousands of times, you know. It's still her that one day. Mm. Mm. You know, it's still, you know, the February 4th. You know, all right, well, so I'll see you at work. Yeah. Well. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's a little, it's a bit weird that bit you, you knew my face so well and I sculpted it. I, I'm just <laughs> thinking about that now. You've only known me for three days. I think that's a bit weird. Maybe. Yeah. And you bought all that life insurance. You wasted all your money. Mm. I spent all of my money on you. Mm. <laughs> How are we even going to get back? Someone wrecked the car. Someone pulled the the, the engine out of the car. We, I don't know. <laughs> you know. Anyway. Make a living selling ice sculptures, <laughs> ice I guess. Sculptures. On February 2nd. Mm. That's the yes. only time that would work. Well, you know, maybe that's why there isn't a Groundhog Day too. Well, there was. Maybe. It was a musical. Oh, well, <laughs> technically, it's a, it's a stage adaption. <laughs> stage adaption. Yeah. I just did a quick little search. Oh, um, yes. Brian Doyle Murray is Bill Murray's older brother, older brother. not half-brother. Oh, okay. So not sure why the name difference. But is he a lot older? He's five years older. Yeah, he looks so much older. I Honestly, when he was in Wayne's World mm. and I saw Brian Doyle Murray, I thought he was his dad. Mm. I honestly okay. thought that was Bill Murray's dad. Well, some people just age differently from others. Maybe yeah. this is why, you know, Bill's the, Bill's the looker, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. Yes. Yeah. No, no Murray hat, that's all so, I'm saying. So their parents are, are Doyle Murray? Why? Come on, you should have looked maybe, up that. Maybe you got that's married to a Doyle and that's took possible. their name. That's like, possible. Uh, I'm doing a lot more research than I hoped <laughs> into... Um, into pointless parts we're, of Groundhog Day. We're all professional <laughs> here. I mean, um, okay, he does also go by Brian Doyle. Brian Doyle? Okay. Yeah, sometimes he just goes by Brian Doyle, but yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, oh, you know what it could be? is sometimes when you have, like, a firstborn son, they yeah. take, like, the mother's maiden, maiden name. Maiden name as well, yeah. yeah. Okay. Would you like some IMDb trivia about yes. this film? I would love some IMDb yes. trivia. All right, so we did the troll. Let's start with the top-rated fact. Bill Murray was bitten by the groundhog twice during shooting. <laughs> uh, Murray had to have anti-rabies injections because the bites were that severe. Oh, mm. those are not fun. Yeah. That would be in the driving oh. off the cliff yes, scene? Yeah, it would. Yeah. Uh, Poor guy. So, yeah, unfortunately, uh, a couple of severe bites there. Uh, all the clocks in the diner are stopped, yeah. which oh, I, I hadn't six, noticed in previous previous uh, viewings. But, yeah, they're all stopped, and I couldn't stop looking at it this time, <laughs> having read this. Uh, I thought it was just a nice touch. I didn't know that all stopped, but it was 6 o'clock, wasn't it? It was round about then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. yeah. I noticed it this time. 
again, never noticed it before, yeah. but didn't know that it'll stop. They just thought, yeah, they're all six o'clock. Mm. Mm. Yeah. According to director Harold Ramis, most of the time when he tried to explain a scene to Bill Murray, Murray would interpret and then ask, just tell me, good Phil or bad Phil? Essentially, so he, he just so he knew how to act in the scene. Oh. He's like, "Am I a good person or am I a bad person?" Because <laughs> well, he would have done the same scene twenty odd times. Yeah, yeah, but different. Yeah, mm. deliberately like, different. Yeah, I think mm. at that point it makes sense. We go, "Look, am I a dickhead or not? <laughs> just tell me, please." I'm so confused. Um, on the DVD, Harold Ramis states that the original idea was for uh, Phil to live February the twenty second. Sorry, the second yeah. uh, for. About 10,000 years was the original plan. Okay. Uh, He then later states that Phil probably lived the same day for about 10 years, was what it actually turned out to be. Okay. But yeah. yeah. That's all. (laughs) I mean, 10 years is still a lot. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you, uh, well, we're in, okay, so back to the start of 2008. I'm like, if you imagine everything that's happened Mm. from then to now, but then it was just some same day in 2008. Yeah. Not when you're on a beach in wherever he was talking about. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you make love like sea otters. Yeah, if it was just some day where you were just going to work and Ned Ryerson turned up from high school. <laughs> yeah. Carmen? Carmen Dolly? <laughs> oh no, my god. No. <laughs> um And we did this podcast every day. Ah, uh, well, funny you mentioned that. I have I haven't been able to find it, but um I have heard that there is there is legend on the internet, there is a podcast out there where two people Review the movie Groundhog Day every week. Oh. That's like the Big Ben Twitter account where mm. every hour it just goes bong. Yeah. <laughs> but literally, they like us now, they'd turn up on a Tuesday night, they would watch the film and they'd review it, go wow. away, come back the next week, watch the exact same film and do another review of it. That's amazing. You would just lie and say you watched it. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, I think I think it's one of those like urban myths because I wasn't able to find a proper link to it, but I did mm. only spend about two minutes looking for it because I was quite busy today. But um, <laughs> yeah, if it is out there and you're listening, please send me a link because I'd be really curious to see what mental state they're in. <laughs> Semi-relevant tangent. Please, please. <laughs> As we exited the film today, I noticed that someone who has been using this Netflix account has been watching Penn and Teller's Fool Us. Yes. Yes, that was me. Brilliant. They did in the era of the Sega Mega CD, which was the add-on for the Sega Mega Drive. So we're talking yeah. mid-90s here. Mm-hmm. They made a video game called Penn and Teller's Smoke and Mirrors. Really? And it was kind of released. I don't know for sure. Maybe in America. But this Mega CD game, so it would have been 100 bucks. That's what they were worth back then. You can download it and play an emulated version of it in the game you drive there's like three mini games mm-hmm. one of them is a vegas bus trip or something mm. and you are driving a bus to las vegas yes it takes real time the bus veers to the left so you have to keep making sure if you crash you're out you got to start again mm-hmm. so three and a half to four hours you will be driving this bus on a dead straight road mm. and you get to the end and you get one point and there are people that play that once a year and 12 points. See, once you get to Las Vegas, you get a point. Then you turn around and you come back to Los oh, Angeles okay. and you get another point. 12 points is the most. Right. It's kind of <laughs> on that same wavelength mm. as watching Groundhog Day every week and reviewing mm. it. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So, we should do that. I would rather take up ice sculpture. <laughs> well, and that's... You do that. Yeah. I'll yeah. play the game. And it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, obviously there's a lot of conjecture about just how long Phil was trapped in Groundhog Day. Uh, according to the website... Wolf Nards, (laughs) 
which just seems re- seems reputable. Rep- yeah, rep- yep. sounds legit. Kind of sounds legit. Yeah, that's the word. They believe that Bill Murray spent eight years, eight months, and sixteen days trapped there. The movie Truth Review series calculated that he spent four thousand five hundred and seventy-six days, or twelve years, six months, and eleven days. Uh, whilst the website Obsessed with Film claimed he was trapped for twelve thousand four hundred and three days, which is just under thirty-four years. They make that claim because that they believe is the only way to um, account for him becoming a master piano player, ice sculpture, and everything else that he did. So oh, I don't think that's... No, nah. he's not a master piano player. Like, he's, he's pretty a decent good. ice sculpture. He, yeah. yeah, he's pretty good, but he plays one song or yeah. two songs. <laughs> yeah, true, that's, fair enough. Yeah. yeah, he didn't play that classical number that he heard in the, in the diner. Yeah. And even Sonata in Yeah. Something. He was like, hmm, that sounds like a good thing. And yeah. then goes and plays Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm willing to side with maybe... I'm going to go with the director. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Harold Ramis saying it was yeah. probably about 10 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he's the director. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he, he maybe knows. But yeah. It, yeah, it seems to be around the 10-year mark. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the five-year mark. But yeah, ten, yeah no, that seems reasonable. Mm. Um, Bill Murray was offered a spit bucket for the diner scene where he gorges himself on pastries but refused it. The angel food cake in particular made him feel quite sick (laughs) Uh, because he just shoved shoved that whole thing in. It was uh, beautiful. It was beautiful. But yeah, take the spit bucket next time, Bill. (laughs) I know it's delicious, but you don't have to do many calories. Harold Ramis directed the kids in the snowball fight to hit Bill Murray as hard as they could. Uh, Murray responded by throwing snowballs back as hard as he you could. could see. Nobody holding back. It did look very painful, actually, on in reflection. Yeah. Uh, the amount of days that were actually depicted in the film, either partially or in full, were 38. 38, 38 okay. days are actually seen in the film. Okay. So at least at least a month, mm. you know, a month and a half. So well, it doesn't seem like as many as I thought it would be mm. watching it. Because, you know, the slapping. Mm. That was yeah. seven or eight. That's, that's eight. That's eight, eight days. Eight, eight, yeah. Uh, I believe, uh, according to another bit of trivia, that she slaps him ten times in this film. So you know, there's ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and all the times he died. There's a good. Well, we heard. Uh, the... uh, we heard more about uh, more of them. We only saw him die maybe three times. Uh, the clock tower, the driving off the cliff, the, the electrocution, toaster. and uh, yeah, the, yeah. But then he's lying on the. Oh, when he steps out in front of the truck. So four. Four Four times, yeah. Yeah. And then all the times they smash the clock. I mean, obviously, you should trust that, the the guide, because they've obviously actually counted Mm. it. But But it does feel like there was more. Yeah. 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 Um, Speaking of smashing up the clock, um, it didn't go as planned when they tried it the first time. Bill slammed down the clock, but it barely broke. So the crew bashed it with a hammer to give it that smashed look. Uh, The clock actually continued playing when they smashed it, though. So they... (laughs) kept that in the film they essentially just set up a shot where they could have that because they're like it's still playing the song (laughs) (laughs) which would just be a nightmare um bill murray was actually undergoing a divorce at the time of filming and became quite obsessed with the film um he would ring Harold ramis constantly sometimes in the early hours of the morning ramis eventually sent uh, the writer danny rubin to sit with murray and iron out all his anxieties and it's one of the reasons why murray stopped speaking to ramis for several years Oh. So yeah, it, I think it's interesting that obviously Bill Murray was going through obviously a difficult time himself. Yeah, mm. as part of this, um, and interesting that he'd maybe become slightly obsessed with the film as well, become kind of latched onto it. Yeah. So He's... I wonder then, because I was going to mention, there's essentially not so official, but sort of sequel to this, mm. Multiplicity, right? With Michael Keaton and Andy McDowell. Mm. Essentially, it's a Harold, it's a Harold Ramis film. Mm-hmm. So. Groundhog Day is about a guy who has all the time in the world. Multiplicity is about a guy who has no time in the world. 
That, that was the whole thing with those two movies. And I always wondered why Bill Murray didn't do it because it was only two years after Groundhog Day. Right. So that so would be why. Could be one of the reasons. Because yeah. I reckon it should, you know, you know, it's always like, why wasn't that Bill Murray? Well, mm. Michael Keaton was one of the actors that was considered to play Phil, Phil in this yeah. film. So, yeah. Who knows? Maybe yeah. maybe Harold just went, right, you get to do this one and Michael does the other one. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. But yeah, that is interesting. Um, I don't think Michael Keaton would have done that this movie no. so well. Uh, no. Yeah, no. no I, Bill, Bill Murray's I think definitely Bill Murray's yeah. top bad. choice. Yeah. Uh, Bill Murray and Harold Ramis have both been honorary grand marshals for the Groundhog Day, obviously. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, in 99. I'm, I'm going to take your word for it. That's oh, no, I just remember mm. them saying when I was there. Mm. You know. um, in Stephen uh, Tobolowski, Ned the Head Ryerson, uh, mm. also was an honorary guard. He did that in 2010. Yes. During his speech on stage, he performed the Whistling Belly Button Act. <laughs> So I was there 2011, right. uh, and everyone was saying to me, oh, you should have come last year. It's like, yeah, well, okay, <laughs> fine. Yeah, because he yeah. was there, Ned. You know, yeah. They were all excited. Ned was here. We don't know who's going to be here this year. No one. Uh, Maybe they actually, you were there. I was there. Yeah. Maybe they actually believe it loops. Yeah. Like, you should have been here yesterday, which is today. Yeah, so, you know, there. it's fine. Uh, yeah, yeah. I missed Ned by a year. Uh, well, by one Groundhog Day, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> Um, do, do, do. I really want to know what the whistling belly button trick is. You have to be there. You have to be there. <laughs> I missed it. Um, Bing. The idea of Phil reading to Rita while she sleeps came from Bill Murray. Uh, his wife drank too much champagne on their wedding night and fell asleep early, so Murray read aloud to her until he fell asleep too. And this is the Aww. wife that he was currently getting divorced? I believe so, yeah. Okay. But it's that's quite a nice... Um, idea and it worked really well in the film it's a really lovely tender moment yeah yeah it it reads quite well but yeah that was uh, his idea Um, when Phil takes the elderly man to the hospital and talks to the nurse there is a boy with a broken leg that you can see in the background that's the boy he keeps catching falling out of the tree okay oh wow yeah but obviously he hasn't started catching the kid yet yeah (laughs) so funny yeah i i kept an eye out for it this because just because i'd read this before and it is it's the same kid and i'm like that's brilliant (laughs) good work gang never knew that yeah um harold ramus obviously makes a cameo in the film he is the neurologist that assures phil that he's okay yeah, but mm-hmm. should, talk, should talk to us like how, how was he as a as a uh, neurologist was he okay in a, as a medical professional carmen uh i don't know if you would get a neurologist to to come down and see you in emergency mm. necessarily um okay. i think that would be more of a more of a psychiatry thing at right out of the bat i'd say um i don't know I, I think emergency physicians are very capable and could do that kind of thing themselves mm. i did love the psychologist though who yeah. you saw afterwards who was just so out of his depth that was that was <laughs> yeah. just brilliant i've got an alcoholic um, now yeah <laughs> <laughs> wants him to come back tomorrow yeah so good yeah. now fun fact yes. uh, about the kid in the tree yeah his name is sean chiabahat uh or uh, chai chayabat Spelled C H A I Y A B H A T. Okay. Chai yeah. He is a local television news reporter now. <laughs> so, yeah, he's. It all know, comes around. It all, it all comes, comes around. around. Yeah. Um, a family of groundhogs was raised for this production. So, yeah. there you go. Just mm. more groundhogs in the world. <laughs> the Swedish title of this movie translates as Monday the entire week. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. I love it. The movie doesn't actually specify what day of the week it was supposed to be. Groundhog Day in 1993 fell on a Tuesday. (laughs) 
Well, so I reckon it would have been 92. Could have been 92. Because yeah. they would have filmed it in 92 and released it. In that case, it's Monday, <laughs> Monday the entire <laughs> week. <laughs> yeah. Um, a scene was shot where Phil destroys his room. Slashing pillows, spray painting the walls, etc. He also shaves his head. And then the camera pulls back from his face to show that his hair and the room are back to normal. Um, Harold Ramis had trouble making the dissolving shot, so they changed it to him breaking the pencil. So okay. <laughs> it's it's a case of, you know, the simplest option maybe being yeah. the right one. Yeah. That's but, one solution, yeah. 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 But I like they've just filmed all this and then gone, yeah. what if you just broke a pencil? <laughs> uh, sure. yeah, let's, let's do I've that. shaved my head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sorry, Bill. Um, after its release, several writers emerged claiming that the story was stolen from their idea. Uh, science fiction author Richard Lupoff claimed that it was a rip-off of his short story 12.01pm, whilst Ken Grimwood, author of Replay, made a similar claim. Uh, Danny Rubin, who's the screenplay writer, said his only jumping-off point uh, was an 1892 story called Christmas Every Day. Really? By William Dean Howells. It's an actual thing. Apparently an Not 18... just like a Hallmark movie that I saw <laughs> at one point. <laughs> So, yes. Uh, well, at the very least, there is a story from 1892 called Christmas Every Day. Oh, that is brilliant. I am looking that this up. That is brilliant. Yeah. Wow. So, Christmas Every Day copied Groundhog Day because it was written after Christmas Every Day. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's wow. so funny. Fantastic. Danny Rubin did also say that one of the inspirational moments for the creation of the story came from after he read Interview with a Vampire. Uh, with the vampire, sorry. Not just a vampire. The, <laughs> the vampire. vampire. I am a god, not the god. Um, it got him thinking about what it would be like to live forever. Which, you know, it's, it's something that they touch on in this film. Uh, do, 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 do. Oh, here we go. Christmas Every Day is a 1996 American made-for-television fantasy comedy film based on the 1892 short story Christmas Every Day oh, by William so Dean Howes. There you go. But actually based off Groundhog Day, <laughs> you suspect. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, do, do, do. It has Gary Goodman, which I'm assuming is John Goodman's brother. Probably. No, probably not. No, that'd be, that'd be um, Gary Doyle Goodman. Well, it's Gary M. Goodman. <laughs> Moyle. Gary Moyle Goodman. Yeah. When they were filming the kidnapping Phil scene, Bill Murray spontaneously improvised the line, don't drive angry, don't drive angry, to cover the fact that the groundhog was agitated and trying to climb over the steering wheel. So, um, yeah, that's why that line's in there. That's also when he got bit as well. So <laughs> That is Poor a line guy. I use often. Mm. You know, your mum yeah. quotes it all the time. Yep. I say, don't drive, don't drive angry. angry, don't drive yeah. angry. For no real reason. Mm. Nothing to do with driving. <laughs> Uh, they shot 25 takes of the closing scene where Bill Murray wakes up next to Annie McDowell, or Phil wake, wakes up next to Rita to give them their character names, because they were unsure of what tonality they wanted for the scene. They weren't sure if Phil and Rita should still be in their clothes or not. Uh, Ramis asked everyone on set, cast and crew, to vote how they should play it. And the final tally came down the side of the couple still being in their clothes and not having had sex at that point. And mm. I think that works That's, really that well. Yeah, it works, that, yeah. That is, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't make sense if they did. Yeah. You know, that would mm. go against the whole reason it's February 3rd. Yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah. Wow. Good, and good, he didn't even know that. Yeah. Okay. Good work, casting crew. Yeah. Well good done. work, everyone. Wow, they are important. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Come here, best boy. You know, you, you know what's best. <laughs> oh, gaffer. In the final shot, Phil carries Rita over the gate and then climbs over it. This is because the gate was frozen shut. I thought, you know, I've never, never paid attention to that until just then. And I was like, that's probably frozen. He probably tried yeah. to open it. Yeah. And it, yeah, okay. Yeah, wow. fr frozen shut. So there you go. <laughs> there was, in the first draft of the screenplay, it ended with Phil waking up on February the 3rd to discover that Rita was trapped in a time loop of her own. Oh. <laughs> 
yeah kind of glad they didn't do that oh no yeah yeah that would be quite bad so good work knocking that one off yeah yeah that's probably the best boy as well probably Mm -hmm. casting for no Uh, Danny Rubin and Harold Ramis wanted to add another Ned Ryerson scene at the last minute. So Stephen, I've said it wrong now, uh, Tobolowski wrote the scene where he rattles off numerous insurance policies. He based it off his own insurance agent. After the movie's release, the agent called him to thank him for portraying the agent so accurately rather than making fun of them. Um, I I think he still made (laughs) fun of them. But yeah, yeah, his agent was like, no, you got it pretty much spot on. (laughs) (laughs) We are twats. Yeah. Uh, um, Ramis and Rubin did consider maybe having an explanation for the time loop but they decided to leave it a mystery which again I think is a good choice Uh, some of the possibilities include that he had been cursed by a scorned lover or that he um, essentially all boiled down to him being cursed by people who he'd either been mean to or had crossed previously leave it ambiguous I think again this film really benefits from some really positive, like good choices being made. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it, yeah. It would be less satisfying, I think, if um, if, yeah, it, if had it had an explanation. Had a reason, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'd all just be watching. You know you that know. guy that you were at the start of the film who was going to do the weather uh, while you were away, <laughs> and you said, "No, you'll be back." He, he cursed, cursed you, so he could oh, do yeah, the, the weather guy, forever. <laughs> the guy with the put the scarf on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he was jealous that you got to go to Groundhog yeah. Day. I'll get you, <laughs> Phil the Weatherman. <laughs> And finally, yes, Harold Ramis wanted several other actors potentially for the lead role. Uh, this is a fun thing we do sometimes where we go through alternate castings. Uh, just a simple yes or no. Obviously, we've already said Bill Murray is pretty much perfect, but yeah. what I want from you, maybe not better than Bill Murray, but do you think this actor could have done this role to a good enough capacity, I guess? Mm-hmm. Tom Hanks. Yes. yes. Hmm. He yeah. was actually rejected because they thought he was too nice. Oh. As in. Well, actually, yeah. yeah. That makes yeah. sense because you can't really see Tom Hanks as being that much of a dick. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I, I, I agree with him on that, but I also think Tom Hanks could have been really good in this as well. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure he could have done it. No, yeah. no problem at yeah. all. Fantastic but, actor. Yeah. Um, Chevy Chase. No. I don't think asshole enough. I, but although mm. saying that in those vacation movies, you know, he's yeah. got that kind of. But he's kind of a goof in those. Yeah, he's more. Yeah, he's more of a goof. You're right. Yeah. That's the word. Than sinister. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Steve Martin. No, I thought uh, that before. I love Steve Martin, but he's too wacky. He'd have to okay. take banjo yeah. lessons I'll, I'll as well. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'd, yeah, I think he would just be too. Yeah, it's not his kind of movie. Mm. I've, I've, I love Steve Martin. He's mm. my favorite of them all, and I would love to see him in Groundhog Day. But not. But it would just be. Mm. Yeah, it's not. It's too normal. Anyway, John Travolta. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, nah. No, no, no. You think we're all good with that one? We're good. Yeah. Um, Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, he was doing like Beetlejuice and stuff at the time, isn't yeah, that? Yeah, that's well, true. Well, no, that was later. Yeah. Later than Beetlejuice, but yeah, yeah. Alec Baldwin. Mm, Pretty okay. interesting, at least. It. Billy Crystal. Oh yeah, yeah, that could work. Yeah, I think yeah, Billy Crystal because. He was doing like City Slickers, or that was still late, late 80s. He was mm. still around. Yeah. I think his voice would be too. Yeah. His mic was asky. Yeah, his mic was asky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be honest, he could have played Ned. He could, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. would be hilarious. I think, mm. Yeah. Like, or one of the drunks. Mm. The guy, I guess you're going to vomit in the car on the sidewalk. I, Why not I think both? Both, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, maybe, maybe not, Billy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Robin Williams? No. Um, mm. Too nice. Well, yeah, but he 
Yeah. Again, he's like the Tom Hanks kind of look of like. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, we're living the same day again. Wow, yeah. Shazbot. You know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm. <laughs> uh, Harrison Ford. He's not really comedic. Mm. Yeah. No, but as a like grumpy. Oh yeah. Like the grumpy stuff hates himself. He could do. Person. Yeah. I could see him doing that, but it wouldn't have been. I don't think he could have done the light-hearted. No. Fun things. No. It would have just been a very grumpy man being grumpy <laughs> for 90 minutes. That sounds like a great movie. A very grumpy man being grumpy. <laughs> uh, and finally, Mel Gibson. No. Oh, God. This, no. Is, this is before his comedic high point of being in What Women Want. So, you know, he oh. could have... Yeah. Well, um, well, I mean, he was still doing Lethal Weapon movies until he became a crazy man yeah mm. i mean he's just a jerk in real life so yeah. yeah not really much acting going on there yeah and it's hard to because when was braveheart that was, that was 98 or something oh so okay so yeah i'm just trying to all i'm thinking of when you're saying these names is mm. is this is this the kind of person that andy mcdowell could fall in love with mm. in 12 hours probably not mel gibson then <laughs> no that's what i mean like yeah that's my thing with with a few of them would be that it's like mm. bill murray you know, it's it's a stretch, you know, mm. to know that you're going to fall in love with someone in like 12 hours yeah. because mm. they can sculpt your face out of ice. Mm. But at least with Bill Murray, yeah, sure. Okay. I believe yeah. that, I guess. Okay, that's <laughs> fair. Yeah. And they didn't... Oh, yeah. Oh, you got no, no, more. Go, you got more. No, no, no. no, no, no. That, that was it for the was actors. It? Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> um, would have been good. Um, yep. Danny DeVito mm. would have been amazing. Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. shadow. Hey, you ever got a deja vu? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Joe Pesci. <laughs> oh yeah, and oh, because he was in, yeah, he was yeah. in Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Joe Pesci and John, Mel Gibson. John Goodman. John Goodman. Yeah. John Actually, Goodman. I would, de- I would watch that. I would watch that. Yeah, yeah. John Goodman's wonderful. Yes, yeah. please. Yeah, he's lovely. Yeah. Yeah, um, oh. Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> oh god. This, this dude just keeps happening again and again. <laughs> hey, you know I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes, yes. Come on, little fella. We're going to drive off the cliff <laughs> now. Hey, don't drive angry, you know. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, oh, dear. Yeah, there'd be others. John claude Van Damme. The Rock. I mean, if that were to make it today, oh, th- who would you put in? Uh, if you're making Groundhog Day today. Yeah. Jack Black. No. <laughs> no. I mean, not a bad show, but not who I'd pick. Oh God, I, I don't know. Um, Chris Pratt. No, no, he's <laughs> he's. I, I think it needs to it needs to be somebody who I probably don't know. I think okay. for me, I think. So Walter Jenkins. Yeah, him. Yeah, great. That guy. <laughs> He'd be good. Um, look, I look personally. Uh, okay, I tell you who I'd like to to see. Um, I would go for. Um, she was one of the Ghostbusters. She's from SNL. Um, in the Ghostbusters shaved head? Uh, the blonde lady. Kate McKinnon? Kate McKinnon. Yes. Is it okay. Kate McKinnon? It is Kate McKinnon. Yeah. I, I, yep. would, I, would, I would be interested if it was... Reversed? It, it, it didn't, maybe. Or... Just just going for something slightly different. Yeah. Where having... I think certainly having a female character in that role would be uh, interesting. Well, yeah. And I think Kate McKinnon is a pretty great current yeah. day comedic yeah. actor. Mm. And I think seeing her in that role would be really interesting. Yes, absolutely. Because yeah, no, she, cool. yeah. she has that madness about her. You yeah, can see. That, that sort of madness mixed with a, a sort of sardonic overtone slash yeah. undertone, depending yeah. on when it's yes. needed. 
That's, I'd, be, yeah. I'd be totally okay with yeah. a gender swap ground. All right, okay. well, <laughs> I, will, I will give them a ring. I'll let them know. <laughs> yeah. I'll go, okay, we got another... Well, apparently yeah. you can call Bill Murray. Yeah. Yes, uh, because to, to get me in your films. You just call him and leave a message, and if he likes your pitch, he's in it? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah he has an 800 number. He doesn't have an agent. Yeah. Wow. You just ring it up, leave a voicemail, leave your pitch, and then he'll call you back if he's interested. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. <laughs> he could thing. be Ned Ryerson. He could, yeah. <laughs> hey, Bill, uh, just hear me out. Um, <laughs> we want to remake your movie, obviously, because everyone's remaking movies. Mm. We want you to be um, your brother. Yeah. <laughs> Just remake the entire film as it was, but with Brian Doyle Murray and Bill, Bill Murray switching Swan. places. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, they both had the same parents, so um, it's not it's not a step sibling thing. I looked it up as we went. So this is getting weirder and weirder. The mystery remains, oh. uh, but that is pretty much all the time we have. So we need to get to reviewing this film. Um, so Carmen, as this is your first time watching it, yes. what would you give Groundhog Day out of ten? I'm gonna go with nine cold showers out of ten. Oh, the cold shower stuff was excellent. I forgot all about that. That was, it was so good. Just just hitting the shower with the with the basket. Yeah, and just <laughs> spraying it everywhere. Yeah. It's all over the room. Wonderful no stuff. No consequences. No consequences. What what would you give it? Um, uh, it's one of my favourite movies, mm. and it's really hard to give a movie ten. Mm. But I I can't ever see myself getting sick of watching this movie. Mm. So I'm going to give it ten whistling belly button tricks out of ten. Mm. I love yeah. it. Yeah. That's that's entirely fair. Yeah. It's whatever score you want to give it. I think it's a fantastic film. Yeah. I think it's obviously had a big impact on subsequent films. We've already spoken about Christmas Every Day. <laughs> yes. uh, but but the, you know, the, the idea of playing around with time, even beyond romantic comedies, you know, looking yeah. at things like Looper, for example, you know, that idea of repetition, um, primer. You know, the, yeah. these sorts of things where you play with time in, in short, concentrated bursts. Uh, the one where Tom Cruise keeps coming back. Um yeah, another one. Every day I die. Uh, tomorrow never comes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And edge of the year. edge of tomorrow. Edge of tomorrow. Edge of, yeah. There we got there in the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's had a massive. It has had a really big impact. Um, it's it's a really really lovely film. And as you said, Carmen, it, as a first time viewer, it didn't feel like a twenty five year old film. Mm. It it does feel pretty current although i did think five minutes in gee no one's got a smartphone at the moment this is <laughs> but other than that it's pretty much bang on um the money so i i, I really enjoyed it i would give it uh, eight and a half 4 a.m walmart hoagies out of 10 4 walmart hoagies <laughs> yeah because that that's the, that's the true punk satorny experience as we've learned <laughs> all that remains to me to say is uh michael and carmen thank you very much for reviewing groundhog day with me thanks, thanks. for having us yeah. again thanks again third time's a charm indeed yeah and for those of you listening at home, thank you very much for listening to this episode. If you have any comments or suggestions or anything in particular you want to let us know, you can comment uh, on Facebook. You can find us there just by searching for the Cinema Catch-Up Club podcast. Uh, you can leave anything you like, really, uh, as long as it's relevant, really. <laughs> you know, don't just Yeah, but that doesn't stop me. No, that's true. That's true. <laughs> you know, leave whatever you want. But um, but we prefer maybe semi-relevant uh, stories or thoughts. We are also available on iTunes and SoundCloud or any other podcasting or catching service, and it would be really lovely if you'd be able to leave us a review there, if you feel so inclined, uh, because that just helps spread the word about this particular show. And we are also on Patreon. If you want to become a Patreon patron and get some extra goodies, then you can con contact... I'll start that again. <laughs> If you want to get some extra goodies or things of that nature, just go to patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast. And 
for as little as a dollar a month, you can get some nice bonus material. But that is all for this week, so until next time, I got you, babe. I got you, babe. Rise and shine, campers, and don't forget your booties because it's cold out there today. (laughs) What is this, Miami Beach? You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.